You know what, Sam? What? Outdoor hockey, pretty big success in Carolina. Yes, it was. Coming to you from the heart of Canes country, this is the Caniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes. Hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Caniac Report. We've hoped you have had a very good week. And Sam, it has been such a very special, emotional uh weekend for Caniacs. He had Fan Fest on Friday and of course the outdoor game which we'll get to. But let's talk about the uh, Fan Fest. Yeah. First. Um I thought that was really fun. I I mean we posted pictures of on our social media. Yeah, it was And fun. it was really fun. Yeah, got to meet the broadcast crew, kind of chat with Don Waddell a little bit. It was fun. It was good to good to um it was an enjoyable event. Got to see a bunch of people turn out. The weather wasn't all that great, but it was fun. And if our voices sound a little hoarse, well, you know what we went. You know what game we went to last night. So, yes, yeah, so considering <laughs> how cold it was, some of this probably could be sinuses. So just bear with us on that. But yeah, Fan Fest, it was very fun. I really enjoyed. We even talked to Wade a little bit too. Yeah, it was fun. He got to chat with some people and have some good conversations. And um, that's really what the event was for. Um, everyone was really there. I mean, Raleigh Mayor, Governor, General Manager. I think the only thing Tom Dundon was there. Um, I mean, literally everyone that has been involved with the Hurricanes was at that event. And you know who also was there too? The E-Bug and David Ayers. Yeah, I Ayers. saw a picture. David Ayers was there. Pretty much anyone who's really been involved with this team for the last 25 years or has made it a really big point to be involved with this team over the last 25 years but was there. And, you know, big shout-out to everyone involved, the city of Raleigh, for throwing on a great event. Um, it was uh, it was really good to see um, this city and this state really throw on a great, great, great event um, this weekend for hockey. Oh, yeah. It, it was just great all around uh, this weekend. And what's great is coming up on Tuesday, we will have uh, the first bobblehead night. Yeah. And we'll be getting the uh, Sebastian Ajo bobblehead, which is going to be cool. I'm happy they're bringing back of the bobbleheads. Yeah, that'll be fun. You know, again, it's 25 25th anniversary, so you kind of want to bring back as much as you can that's been involved with this team over the last 25 years. So, But, you know, at the end of the day, there's only one thing Hurricanes fans want to have happen at the end of the season. That's the Stanley Cup. Exactly. Which was also at FanFest. And and at the outdoor game. Yep. Stanley Cup I was there. I saw that. Little maybe preview of what's to come, I like to think anyway. Yes, definitely. Uh, the next bit of uh, NH, this is more NHL news, is that Diamond Sports Group, which is the owner of Bali Sports, apparently skipped on a $140 million payment. And I hate to say that this isn't really a big deal, but it sounds like it is. Because when that was presented, I saw that there was an, somewhat of a emergency meeting of yeah. the Board of Governors when that came out. So I don't know how much this is going to affect the salary cap. And that's the biggest thing uh, that both owners and players are concerned about because if the pet cap doesn't go up players 
might not get a raise or might not get paid what they would like. And the owner's side, it doesn't help them either. No, it doesn't. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, this is good for fans, though. I mean, in my view, it is. Bally's not good. Bally, you know, Sinclair's been a really tough company to work with when it comes to streaming services and so on. So for them to go away, I think is ideal in the long run. Um, would be nice to see. Uh, sounds like the teams are going to take over the broadcasts. Um, and I think at the end of the day, that's going to be a better situation. Yes, I do too. I, we already know there are a couple teams that do that. I Washington. think Washington's one. But it for, from a fan perspective, I think we are just a little bit grateful that Bali Sports might not exist in the future at some point yeah. because there have been a lot of problems. And um, I know, especially when about games, this is more on the NHL side of things, though. I've heard from a lot of fans is that not a lot of them don't like the the ads that are the digital yeah. ads along the boards. And I, honestly, I'm not liking it as much as, as as I did at first because it does to me hinder the game. Yeah, I mean it is what it is. I don't know if that's really Bally as much as it is the league, but I think everyone's doing it. So I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens with them. We'll see if they get bailed out. I mean, you never know. The federal government might step in just to keep the company going. I don't know. You never know. I've not seen that, so that's not me. That's just speculation of what might happen if they stay around. I just, I don't, at the end of the day, I don't know what happens. I think they're going to probably try to hold on for the season would be my guess. It'd be easier to deal with this in the off season. For exactly. Sure. Yeah. But we'll see what, what they do. At the end of the day, it's a kind of a, we don't know what's going to happen kind of a thing. Yes, definitely. So, I mean, we know that it's not just the NHL affected by this. It's yeah. the NBAs, the MLB, all all these leagues. The MLB sounds like they're very prepared for this. So they're already, because I think they've already have a plan in place. Teams will take over the broadcasts. So the ML, or the MLB is going to take over the broadcasts. So MLB is ready to handle it. Um, NBA, I don't know. Again, NBA and NHL are in the middle of their season, so they're going to be in a different situation than the MLB. The MLB hasn't started yet, so if they if this happens before their season starts, I've, I've heard the MLB is ready to go. They're ready to rock and roll, so they'll be they'll be okay. Yes. Uh, so uh, the the n- next piece of news, which is our last, is uh, a, tr- a big trade happened this past week involving Ryan O'Reilly. He was a player that we thought the. Hur- I mean, I think at some point Hurricanes probably were in discussions with St. Louis on, but ultimately Toronto is well, I mean, a team that gets O'Reilly. Go for it, go for it, Toronto. Good God. First, second, third, and I think a fourth. So okay. one, two, I can three, break four. down I can break down the trade right here. So because this is a three team trade. So the, Toronto obviously gets Ryan O'Reilly. Uh they were able they, they were Nola able Chari to get Enola Chari and I believe a prospect and Josh Pillar. But what's interesting in the Ryan O'Reilly trade is that they were able to Break down that contract through retaining salary to one million eight hundred seventy-five dollars, and that was filtered through Minnesota, as they were taking fifty percent of it, and Toronto gave them a fourth-round pick in, I believe, in the twenty twenty-five draft. 
That's still an overpayment for these two players. And then St. Louis, they get to me. To me, the Minnesota thing. That's what I'm. I'm again. fine. I'm fine with that. But what St. Louis got for Ryan O'Reilly, Adam Gaudet, Mikhail Abramov, a 2023 first round pick, a 2023 third round pick, which is not theirs. It's actually Ottawa's. And a 2024 second round pick. Um, I think this is a lot for Ryan O'Reilly. Now, obviously, he hasn't had a good season. He hasn't had a good season, but as you can tell with all the players that were involved here, Toronto did get the better player in Ryan yeah, O'Reilly. For sure. But what they gave up was a lot. And, and Carolina would not have given that up for Ryan O'Reilly. No, I wouldn't have either. And to me, here's the thing. Their GM, Kyle Dubas, is on his last year of his contract. I see this as a move of him trying to keep his job. A move trying to keep the job and a move trying to get out of the first round because you think if they don't get out of the first round again, coach and GM are gone. You have to almost assume that. Yes, because we know Brandon Shanahan, he's the owner of yeah. Toronto. Um, also, some interesting news as well. Just as many of you know, Jacob Chikrin was – not is not playing right now for trade related reasons. Um, Gorbachev, Gor, 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 I can't remember. The Columbus, there's another Columbus Blue Jacket player also not currently playing, another defenseman for trade related reasons. And Elliot Freeman just tweeted about seven minutes ago Tyler Mott will not play for Ottawa today due to trade related reasons. So now that's another, that's a third player who is now not playing for trade-related reasons. That have, I think there might be another one or two out there that I'm not aware of, or I can't remember, but Elliot Freeman just tweeted that now. So that's another player. The trade market's heating up well prior to the trade deadline. So Tyler Mott, Jacob Chikrin, and the Columbus Blue Jacket um, defenseman, who I cannot fully remember his name at the moment. But, yeah. And we're not surprised that it's coming down to this where – um, GMs are trying to protect players because there's a lot of injuries going on in the NHL, and uh, and I and GMs and owners kind of want to protect those trade pieces. Yep. So I I can totally see why they're doing this. I mean, for sure, you got to make those kind of uh, decisions. Absolutely. Um, at the end of the day, though, we'll have to see what Carolina does. I think again. Some people think it's think it's a joke that we say we need a bottom pairing defenseman, but we're not the only ones who say that. So grow up. Um, but you know, you need it. You need that extra. You cannot have too many NHL defensemen when you're in the playoffs because you have injuries. You will always will have injuries. It's a long season and it's a long playoff. You need that top six forward. So again, there's a lot of players out. I read an article this morning by Frank Cervelli. Timo Meyer was a guy he liked. Nick Schmaltz was a guy he liked. Um, there was a couple. There was another player from Arizona that he liked. Brock, I think Brock Besser was kind of mentioned too. A guy who could uh, change the scenery could do him a lot of good. So um, he thinks maybe goaltending could be short up. But that, at the end of the day, there really isn't a market for goaltending at the deadline. I think the best guy there is Vemelka from Arizona. Question is, do they want to give him up, and what's that cost? If you get Vimelka, that's pretty much spells the end for Anderson and Ranta because it'll be Vimelka and uh, Kochetkov next season. I would like that. I think that'd be great. But I think that's more of a pipe dream to get that. But again, this was this is all in the Frank Saravelli article. He didn't mention Vimelka as a piece that Carolina is looking at, but that's really the only goalie 
that I can think of that's available. Anton Forsberg was another one, but now he's hurt, so that doesn't matter. He's out for the year. He's got two torn. I think it was either ACL or MCLs in his knee. Yeah, I think was he was he the player that got stretchered off the ice? I yeah, could be wrong. Both knees, both knees. Okay. Dang. Yeah, that that really sucks, but it's going to be very interesting uh with all these players being held out for trade-related reasons. And hey, it makes for an exciting trade deadline. Yeah, but so I guess keep an eye on it. Um again, Carolina normally doesn't move roster players, but we're getting down to the end of some of their contracts, so I mean, you've seen even Seth Jarvis has commented now on his name being mentioned in, uh, in trades. So I yes. think at the end of the day, the only two roster players I see getting moved are Jarvis and Tara Vinen. I really do. I don't. I, and at the end of the day, I still don't know if they move them. But I don't. I, there is not another player I could necessarily see getting moved into my. I haven't seen anyone else really mentioned roster player wise other than those two being potential trade pieces. But again, I just I don't think they're rushing to move either of them, though, because you want to win a cup. You want to keep your roster players and upgrade your bottom ones. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you have to move some cap out, which I don't think is really a problem for this team, um, you might try to move, you know, Kasha's contract out, Stasny's contract out. Those are the two bigger ones. Kasha's on LTIR. But if he comes back, you might want to move it out. Staz needs a little over a million. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to move a roster player, it's probably someone in your bottom pair or bottom group. But again, I've really only seen the biggest, the biggest one I've seen kind of been floated around is Jarvis. I haven't seen a lot about Tara Vining, but Jarvis, given he's the one who made the comment on, uh, on the trade possibilities. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you move him, uh, there's only one player I see as the, that's worth that move. That's Timo Meyer. So if it's not him, I don't, I won't, I would not move him. So Timo Meyer for, or Dylan Larkin, actually Dylan Larkin or Timo Meyer, but it sounds like Larkin's going to stay in Detroit. But if you move in Jarvis, those are the only two pieces that would make that deal worth it. Cause Jarvis is a young dude and cap friendly at the moment. So yes, he, he definitely is. And I'm happy you brought that up because I do want to talk about um, that statement that he made. Cause I saw a lot of people react to that being like oh please don't trade Seth Jarvis now please don't and I'm just like well I, the biggest thing for the GM is to do what's best for the team yep um I think we have seen GMs that have tipped toward the scale either of being very loyal to their players and I think that can hurt your team because doesn't because that could mean that you're not gonna look to improve because you're that loyal I can think of Kevin Day off in Winnipeg, and I and I would say to some extent Kyle Dubas of Toronto, um, that if you're too loyal to your players, then you're not really looking to improve to your team. But if you tip toward the to the business side so much, you're not going to develop those yeah. good relationships. That culture isn't going to be there. So it's kind of very important to kind of be in that sweet spot, that middle yeah. road. And I think fans just an understanding right you need to look at this from a, a you know a, you want these players we want these players what are you prepared to give up for these players do you want this team to stay the same that's fine you, you can want that the the diff the problem there is this team is not good enough to win a stanley cup without making a move could they get past the first couple rounds sure i could see that happening but at the end of the day do you think boston's going to get better at the deadline yeah they're going to. They're going to make a move. They see this as their last chance. 
They are the best team in the National Hockey League right now. And for a good reason. All of their metrics are why they are so good. They are dangerous. The Rangers got better. Are they better than the Hurricanes now? You might argue, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I think the argument could be made. Do I think they are? I still don't know. We've played only once, and that we hadn't played in a while, so that was a tough loss. Did the Islanders get better? Sure. Are they better than the Hurricanes? No. But did they move in the right direction? Yeah, they got the best center available. Did um, Will the Caps get better? I don't know. I don't see them really wanting to sacrifice their future right now. Will the Devils get better? Well, the Devils and the Hurricanes are in the market for Timo Meyer. So are you really willing to keep players on this roster if it means adding Timo Meyer? There's only one player on this roster that's better than Timo Meyer, in my opinion. That's Sebastian Ajo. And even then, he's not the goal scorer Timo Meyer is, which is the category Carolina is surely lacking. I'm not arguing there's anybody, you know, you can trade anyone in that top top six to make Timo Meyer work. I'm just saying Timo Meyer makes this team better and I think puts us into a position that will make us leaps and bounds better because what's the biggest issue that Carolina's faced in the last three years? Finishing goaling, finishing scoring chances. We are toward the bottom of the league in this department. You need a goal scorer. Timo Meyer is it. Is Brock Besser? Yeah. Brock Besser. That's when he came into the league as a goal scorer. Change of scenery could do that. Like Nina Ryder, right? Nina Ryder wasn't scoring goals. But he did that here, and that was what you needed. So I really think that there's options for Carolina to get to that goal-scoring thing. But fans, again, this is just a warning to you. Be prepared for moves to be made. Do we like Jack Drury? Yeah. Do we like having our picks? Yeah. Do we like Seth Jarvis? Yeah. Teravainen? Yeah. Do we like the ideas of what Morrow and um, Nikishkin, our two best prospects, could do for this team? Yeah. But at the end of the day, does Timo Meyer bring us that much closer to a Stanley Cup? Yeah. So understand, you're probably going to have something moving out that you don't want to move out. But understand, it'll make this team better. Make this team so much better. Just be prepared. The deadline's always hard. It's harder on teams that are selling, though, for sure. I mean, as you know, as all of us know, right, when the Hurricanes were in these bad years, they sold a lot of the deadline. We lost a lot of players that we really, really liked. It was hard. But this year, it's one of those years we got roster pieces that are movable. Yes, definitely. So it's going to be definitely interesting. Uh, let's start with the games. Uh, the first game, uh, Carolina at Washington. And uh, I just do want to point out first that, Sam, I, 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 I remember you mentioning this to me, and I, I can see why. Because a lot of fans are gearing up for the great weekend. This game might it, it might be hard to get into because of what to anticipate that you're you're gonna have with Cam Ward night, fan fest, outdoor game. Um, because I remember you telling me that it was a little bit hard getting into that game emotionally, and I can understand that because of that anticipation. And I kinda did too. But um that game I thought was pretty competitive yeah. throughout. Uh, obviously, you have uh, Brent Burns scoring first. And honest, honestly, that was a great goal of just Brent Burns just being showing how elite he is. And this was a competitive game, too, just for the fact that this is a rival, our, our biggest rival in the division. And it was the team we were going to play at the outdoor game. So Washington wanted us to know, hey – 
we're not going to be a team you can just push around and a team you can you can you can just you know brush off for this game and they they showed it they showed their you know washington it was, this was in washington so they got the preferred matchups of course um that's why it's competitive and that's what you expect from your rival right when carolina played their rival because for the longest time it was really buffalo carolina showed up right so you know that this is just a team that's really going to always show up and both you know they're playing each other and that's what we got and and burns's goal was great for sure from shea from stall and, and martinook and stall and martinook have in my mind that line is kind of tapered off their offensive production but they're still doing their job their job is not to score the job is to shut down and when they do this it's it's better Yes, definitely. And, and what happened in that goal is that um, both Marnook and Saul, I thought, kind of together got the puck um, out behind the net, and Burns was able to get the puck, and he was kind of uh, juking out uh, to get a good shot on net uh, to the Washington player that was in front of him, and he was able to score. Again, Brent Burns is showing that he's just that elite defenseman. Now, unfortunately, Oshi ties it, and uh, this was kind of a two-on-one goal. I can't. I, I believe it was Chatfield that um, was kind of. I think he pinched a little bit too much there, which caused a two-on-one. You had Dahan kind of sliding in, but the player that was defending Oshi was Aho, if you remember. Yep. And Aho could not match up to the speed of Oshi, unfortunately, and it's one-to-one. I don't really blame uh, – I believe it was – no, it was Anderson that started this game, I believe. Um, but um, I don't really blame Anderson for that goal, but Oshie, I thought um, he was just able to get to the puck in a better position than Ajo was, and it's tied one-to-one. And then in the second period, um, you had a lot – more uh goals obviously and i actually thought the second period was carolina's best period they actually had like 16 shots compared to five in the first period um and they were able to capitalize on on a few of those chances you had stassi scoring from dahan and nason uh, what was funny is dahan actually shot that puck and i believe hit either stasny's um, knee or hit just his body in general, and it goes up and flies over um, Washington's goaltender, and it goes in. That was a funny bounce because it just bounced up and into the goal. That was just a very funny goal. And uh, unfortunately, Snively, he scores – and I thought that was a goal that Anderson should have had. Um, he obviously that was another two-on-one chance. Again, this game, Sam. Um, what I've noticed is Washington was really stretching the ice. They were really going for those two-on-ones, those um, long passes, and that wasn't a really good goal that Anderson, to me, allowed. But fortunately, it's Nathan scoring from Shea and Taravainen in the second period, and then third period. No goals, um, so Carolina was able to have to uh, held on to the game and win. Uh, just I thought mostly this was a very good competitive game, but I don't think it was 
Carolina's best game, obviously, if we look at the games from the past week. Because I thought uh, first and a little bit in the third, Washington was really pushing. Um, but it just shows shows that um, even without Ovechkin, Washington can still be, I think, a dangerous team. Obviously, I feel bad for Ovechkin because you know his father passed away. <clears throat> yep. Uh, but watching that game, I thought they really brought it on um, compared to the outdoor game. I thought the outdoor game Washington didn't was just flat the entire game, which we'll get to. But, yeah, I thought uh, that was a good, solid win for the Canes. Uh, what do you take out of that game? I thought it was a great game. Also, another thing that just popped up as news, uh, Gavrikov sounds like he's about to leave Columbus. Really? Uh, yeah, CBJ reportedly have a trade in place for Vladislav Gavrikov, but it requires another transaction to happen first. Um, and some also similar thing. The Athletics say Gavrikov missed his third consecutive game while the Blue Jackets finalized a trade ahead of the March 3rd deadline. GM Yarno Kakalainen would not say what the holdup is, but it is believed the Jackets have a trade in place that requires another transaction to take place first. So Gavrikov... Sounds like he's been spoken for. Where he goes, I do not know. I've seen Boston. I've seen Toronto as a couple of destinations for him. But, yeah, it sounds like he's gone. Um, where a trade is in place, it's just a matter of something else to transpire first. So it sounds like a couple deals are going to happen in the next probably 24 to 48 hours. At the time we're recording this. Yeah, I know, right? So that's kind of cool. Um, just stuff that happens when you're recording a podcast. Uh, but, no, I thought the game was good. Um, I, I liked it. You know, you want to win that game. Yeah, it's a banged-up Washington, but a banged-up Washington with Kuznetsov and Backstrom. And Backstrom, even though he's older, still a great player. Um, I think, and I've heard, you know, Elliot kind of talked about this too, just about Washington. <laughs> They're an interesting team at the deadline. Where are they? Are they in, they out? Do they want to rebuild? Do they not want to rebuild? Do they want to try and get some good young pieces to kind of maybe put around Ovechkin? Because they're going to build around Ovechkin for the next four years. I think gets his contract is four or five. So what makes sense? <laughs> Can you yeah. Think, what about Nicholas Backstrom as a Hurricane? Oh boy! All right, that'd be solid. That'd be seven. that'd be that'd be some that'd be something. But yeah, I, I I thought it was just a very good competitive game. I thought Washington mostly had the edge that game. It was just Washington looked really good. Yes. Um, that that game, but we were able to stand our ground. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweats game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get the free bets back. Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of the year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I remember a time where I wanted to set a goal to go out on a walk every single day. I've actually 
found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and, and free return guarantee. A few things that I like about Raycon is that uh, they have uh, noise isolation, which is really cool, awareness mode, and the earbud tap functions. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Uh, the next game we will get to, though, is the Habs at Carolina and this was the game that started out the great weekend that us fans enjoyed as this was Cam Ward's Hall of Fame induction night before we get to the game though I do want to talk about the speech that Cam Ward gave and the video they put up of him I thought it was great was I, awesome. I, I don't think there was a dry eye out there in the audience it was great Cam Ward to no one's surprise, I've said it before, is my favorite Hurricane of all time. Love Cam Ward. Um, I thought he is one of the reasons this team was always hanging around every season. Because, again, we were always just on that cusp, right? That's why we never got a top pick. But Cam Ward was the reason this team had a lot of bright spots and a lot of seasons. He played sometimes 60-plus, 70-plus games because he had to. We never had a backup. We never spent the money to get a really good backup. Our two best were Eddie Lack and Anton Hudobin, none of which stayed around, and Eddie Lack got hurt, and that kind of cut his time, time down pretty bad. You know, Cam Ward was just a great, great player. If you haven't watched the video, watch the video. If you haven't watched his speech, I'm sure it's up there. You can watch. So do that for sure. I, there's nothing I can say to really – bring justice to what he said or what that video was a lot of former players paying him honor definitely 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 watch it listen to it enjoy it if you didn't do it already um cam ward's a great class act great guy um i have a jersey signed by him uh definitely always will be my favorite uh hurricane ever to put on the jersey yes definitely uh just congratulations cam ward you um have really been a very great long memory of a lot of these Canes fans. And uh, we just um, appreciate uh, your speech and all that type of stuff. And I want to talk about the video a little bit. We got to see 
nice surprises in there and people like John Forslund. I, I, I love seeing John Forslund again. Um, what's interesting is he does have his Twitter account and all that type of stuff. You can tell Forslund. I I mean, obviously he. I, I I do think he loves it up in Seattle, but you can tell he still lives here. He still lives here. Yes, that is a factor. But you can tell. I think just his heart is always going to be in Carolina. At least a part of it is. Because I saw him tweeting about Cam Ward before the game started and he yeah. was like congrats war and all that type of stuff and we saw him in the video and he and you can tell just how happy he was of being on that video congratulating cam ward and yeah. i love seeing peter lavalette yeah too one of our greatest coaches in hurricanes history for sure yes and even though they weren't on the video they were shown throughout the night you had eddie lack anton kudobin and i believe a few others yeah um Another thing, too, and again, we'll get to the game, Sam, because I thought this was so funny. Chad LaRose, <laughs> Eric Cole, and Jesse Paul Rice. During the first intermission, I believe, Canes fans, if you were at the game, everybody was laughing. I'm sure you were laughing, too. They were all in that uh, bicycle race yeah. that they projected onto the ice. Yep. And Chad LaRose, being the funny guy that he was, started to cheat a little bit at the starting line. Yep, yep, yep. And then it turns out he was the last person, and he eventually was like, okay, I'm going to be silly and be goofy, and I'm going to slide the bicycle itself to hit at Jesse Paul Rice. And it was, we were laughing so hard. Yeah, Chad LaRose doing Chad LaRose things as always. You know, I, I've always loved Chad LaRose. He's always been a character, lifelong hurricane. Uh great 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 hurricane has his name in the st- on the stanley cup uh, one of my favorites to ever one of my other favorites to wear the sweater for sure chadler is a great guy oh yes definitely and he was at fan fest he was part of uh the uh x hurricanes that came out yeah. uh to do signatures it was just great and let's finally get get to the game um to me what was interesting first is that the line the top six lines were a little bit changed up during this game first time that happened you had svetch with aho and jarvis and then netches with kk and teravina and to me this game showed that you need a heavy player heavy physical player to play with likes of Aho, mainly Aho on that line, because I think Brynmore really likes Jarvis and Aho together. Yeah, but that's not really solidified. Uh, but you really need a heavy player, and Svech brings that, which to me suggests that we really do need a guy like Timo Meyer because he checks all those boxes. You need a heavy player so that you can have um, Svech on one line to be that heavy player, and then Meyer on the other. Because I thought that line was really good, and it showed it. And I've, and the KK line, that was good too, but I thought they got uh, their bright spot during the outdoor game. So, uh, first period, you have Pizzetta scoring for Montreal, one to nothing, And Canes, uh, they weren't their best during the first period. They weren't their best, I thought, during the first 40 minutes. I thought... Um, there was a lot of puck management issues, but you still got goals from KK, which I thought was a really good goal from Natchez and Burns. He comes in and played a heavy type game. Again, another great game that I thought KK has played very well 
comes in and he scores top shelf right under the crossbar and scores. It was kind of a little bit on a breakaway. It was a great uh, pass from Netris. Uh, it was like a board pass, but very good. And then you have Jarvis scoring. He had a big night that night from Ajo and Svetch, as that was a really good good too, as you had two great passes from Ajo to from sorry from Svetch to Ajo. Ajo passes us right in front of Montreal's goaltender, and Jarvis is able to get the goal. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about two players, particularly about this game. KK, I think – what do you think about him? Do you think he is finally becoming the second-line center that we envisioned him? It's taken him a while, but I think KK, he's really coming into his own. Um, I'm not going to comment on that until we have finished the season. I think it's definitely possible, but the question is, is this a spurt or is this pattern? Right? So if this It's is, been going on for a long time. That's why. Yeah, and I think as long as this keeps up, yes, I think he's moving into there, and I think by next season that's what he'll be. Do I think right now this is our number two center? I still don't. But do I think he's moving in the right direction? Yeah, I think finally he's moving in the right direction. And sometimes it takes some players long. The nice thing for him is he doesn't have to worry about the contract. The only thing he has to worry about is being traded. Because he's another guy that Carolina has been kind of whispered about as a guy that could move. So worst case scenario right now, what's he doing? He's raising his trade capital. Best case, you know, I know other best case scenario is he's becoming that second line center and Carolina doesn't make the move. Do I think this could make them think, oh, maybe we don't need the likes of Jonathan Taze? Yeah, sure. Do I think KK? I think KK would be greatly served if you decided to put like a team of Meyer on that line. Yes, and and again with, with the way how KK is performing right now, it gives some flexibility to Don Waddell and be like, well, maybe I don't really have to get that exact center now. I think it still be helpful and all the time of stuff, but the way KK is playing and gives you more flexibility ability to where. You don't have to get a center. You can yeah. also get a winger. It's mainly the top six. Yeah, you need someone to play in the top six. Yeah, for sure. And you know the center options are starting to go down anyway. Because what is it? Um, Horvat's gone. O'Reilly's gone. Those are two of the top. So you know, supposedly top centers available. So they're gone. Who's next? Right. So yeah, Brock. Oh, not Brock Besser. Um, Jonathan Taze, I think, is really the only center left. So if the Hurricanes are to get a center, I think he's really the last option. Tyler, I mean, Dylan Larkin, I think he's a center. But that's not happening. I I can't see him traded. If he doesn't, it's because he decides that he's not going to budge on what he wants either. Yeah. So I don't know, but I think right now Carolina's in a very good spot. Um, with KK playing as great as he is because he's scoring goals, he's getting assists, so he's doing everything he needs to do, right? So he looks great against Montreal. He always looks great against Montreal. He had an absolutely gorgeous goal, and he just absolutely roofed it, right? Yeah, so, he roofed it. Like, it was a, just it. a great goal. Um, and that first line, really good. Um, I mean, Jarvis, he – I mean, we'll go ahead and get to it. He gets a hat trick this game. Yeah. Great for him. He needed natural like hat trick. That. Yeah. Well, not really. I don't know if it's a natural hat trick, but he no, scored without using it. wasn't using a natural hat trick. But he scored on the goalie three times. Not empty net, on the goalie three times. 
and all of them were were hardworking goals. And there were beautiful, goal. skillful goals too. Yeah, and I mean, let's see here. What's next? Uh, it's really you know Svechnikov scores in the second. Uh, well, no, he doesn't. I'm sorry, score. Svechnikov was called for a questionable cross check. Yeah, you don't. You and I don't agree on this, but I thought it wasn't a penalty. I thought um, it was callable. I I I understand, and I think there's a good argument to be made that it shouldn't have been a penalty. But I thought it was callable in the fact that I did see numbers when Svech hit him. And I was like, oh boy, I could see them calling that. So that was just my feeling on that. And Montreal I'm, scored on it. Yeah, they Montreal did score on that power play, and we got Sam. You and I got concerns during that second period because we we're like, "Oh no, we come on, Carolina, win this game for Cam Ward, you know, yeah. win it." And in the third period, they were like, "Okay, hold my beer." Yeah, the third period was a missed <laughs> penalty on a Montreal player did not. Played the puck without a helmet, that is a penalty. And not only did he play the puck once, he played it twice. That's a penalty. No ands, ifs, buts, or maybes. The rest blew it. Just completely. Yeah, I don't understand. You need to call stuff like that. There is no, there's no ambiguity. There's a lot of ambiguity to ambiguity to goalie interference. Fine. There is none, zero at all when it comes to this call. You make it. You have to. It's in the rule book. Black and white. If you don't make it, you didn't do your job. And I believe every official on that ice should be fined for missing that call. It's clear. It's obvious. There is no way around it. That's a penalty. And you can't not call it without explaining yourself. So I do think that the league owes an explanation for the missed call. Because in a lot of cases, you can might have a, maybe you didn't see the high stick. Maybe you didn't see the trip. Sometimes maybe the trip is two players getting tangled up. Maybe the high stick was someone else's stick hitting them. There are so many other ways to get away with this. But there were two officials looking at this play because the puck was there. There is no way you missed it. And if you did, you lie. If you say you missed it, you lie. These officials would be lying through their teeth if they said they did not see it. Period. He did it twice. Not once. Twice. I know. He did and do it twice. since that moment, Carolina's bench went bonkers. The players on the ice went bonkers. It was crazy. They all went nuts. And from that moment on, Carolina was, we're done playing with our food. And they crushed Montreal. They destroyed their spirit. They destroyed any ounce of pride they had in that game and took it to them. I do think that was a turning point, though, because that made Carolina mad. It that did. It wasn't called, and and they showed it. And I again, I like it when when I see Aho mad. I like it when, well, Svetch he needs to tamper with his emotions a bit, but mostly every player when they're mad, I like. And we got to see that Aho scoring from Dehan and Svechnikov. Yeah. Uh, great, but great goal. In my opinion, the most beautiful goal was the one that I give Burns 99.9% of the credit for because he danced around four, not one, not two, not three, but four Montreal players zigzagging down the middle. He went straight up Broadway. Shot the puck, and then all Jarvis had to do was tap it in, which he did because Jarvis is skillful. And in my opinion, Adam Gold said it last season. I kind of agree. Currently, he's our best natural goal scorer. Jarvis didn't miss. Jarvis puts it in. All the hard work went to Burns. I think everyone would admit it. It went to Burns. Yes. Burns has really, really, after a really slow start, 
has not looked back. I know. He really has. He has been that elite defenseman. And, of course, uh, to bury to put salt into the wound, you have stall scoring from Martin, Nook, and Faust. And then on the breakaway toward the end of the game, you have Jarvis getting the puck from Derek Stepan. So he gets an assist, good for Stepan. But Jarvis, on the breakaway, he goes, um, I don't think he went backhand. Because well maybe may, maybe he did he did but he he basically juts the goaltender down and just finds that wide open net and just scores top shelf. That was such a skillful goal and it was an empty net. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was on the goalie, and that was awesome. Good for Jarvis. That's his first hat trick, so he's earned it. He earned it. He worked hard and he earned it. He earned every single one of those goals. Um, by being in the right place at the right time with the Burns goal, skillful play with the first, and an extremely skillful play on that third. Great breakaway, great move, just completely deke the goalie out. So that's what you want to see from this team. That's what you want to see from these guys. So, like I said, Jarvis has really upped either his trade capital or as he keeps playing this way, great, 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 great. It's good for the team. You don't move Jarvis, which I'm leaned toward doing everything you can to keep him. But that's what I want to see from him. I want to see more of this, right? I'm not saying he's got to score three goals, but I want to see him scoring. I want to see him getting goals. Yes, I do too. Just great for Jarvis. I do want to say something about Montreal, though. Um, I thought, because apparently they did not have to be on the bench during the whole Cam Ward thing, and I thought that was a good class act from Martin St. Louis, who I have high respect for. Yeah, so High respect. And... As we saw in that presentation, Tripp even mentioned St. Louis and of just how great of a guy St. Louis is. And he and he and he waved his hand up uh, to the fans and everybody gave him a good cheer because St. Louis, he's a class at I really like him to me. As a player, obviously. Now, I think as a coach, I think he, I think St. Louis can be a very good coach too, um, particularly with Cole Caulfield on on the team. I think Caulfield's a very good, skillful forward, which I think would help um, in his development with St. Louis behind the bench because those are two small players. Yep. But um, I mean, Montreal, we know they're not a good team at all. And, uh, and all that type of stuff. But um, I see them as a team that's kind of on that rebuild. I think they're a little bit – they might need, I think, another one or two years of in that rebuilding state. But I love St. Louis behind the bench. I really do. Yeah, I've always loved Marty St. Louis as a player. He's a good coach. Um, one of my favorite players to ever play for the – to ever play in the league too. I love – I love San Luis, and I loved his line mate in Le Cavalier. So, Tampa, Tampa Bay had a couple of pretty good class class players and those two guys, for sure. And San Luis loves seeing that he's coaching in the league now. Yes, definitely. And now let's get to the outdoor game. Yes. First things first. I want to talk about the experience, though, than the actual game itself, because that was so much fun. Now, um... 
tailgate i thought that we had that was great yeah it was fun i thought park i actually thought parking was really good i thought they handled the parking pretty much very well yeah as long even as though you, we got there early yeah we got there early there was still plenty of places to park it wasn't hard it wasn't too bad maybe a little bit better if they were like directing wise on the street may have been nicer but in general getting a spot wasn't impossible getting out even wasn't bad like right maybe it took us 20 minutes max to get onto the highway and then after that it was pretty much smooth sailing um tailgating was great it was fun we hadn't done that this season really just because of our schedule yeah with our workout we had with several of our of our fans and you follow if you follow us on instagram i actually posted a story of just us tailgating having a good time yeah and it was great we had burgers hot dogs uh it was fun. Got to have some drinks, adult beverages, and um, shout out to our friend Graham for making yeah uh, the food absolutely very good. Um, we had a great, great time at the tailgate. Had a great time, great experience, great experience for um, for for the whole thing. And it, you know, we got there like at three, and you know, it just it the time felt like it just flew by. I mean, it was it so much did. Fun. So much fun, so much fun. I mean, good gracious, I was invited to another tailgate, and just the way the time went, I just did not have a chance to, to get there. I mean, it was crazy, but we all had so much fun, and everyone I know did too. Yes, definitely. And then, obviously, we get to around 6 o'clock. That's when we start heading to the stadium. This is probably my biggest complaint, <laughs> is um, you had – uh, you had a lot of people kind uh, kind of cheating to get to the front because there was a line there. But looking back, uh, to me, the biggest complaint that has shifted looking back on it to where there's there just there was no structure. Uh, there weren't any people out there, uh, either from the NHL or from the states or or something. You didn't really have any people out there. Uh, defining the line basically to get in because it was a madhouse getting in yeah no it was not easy it was tough it was annoying but you know we got in that's at the end of the day we got in we were seated we were seated down before the start of the game which is what we want to missed warm-ups whatever it's not the end of the world but we got in there we've posted pictures i believe of the game um it was yes that was an annoying part i think it was an issue for sure that could hopefully be worked out like i said i think at the end of the day if they do it again it should be in charlotte i I think that would be a more i think that would be a simpler process to do it in in an nfl stadium like charlotte's so that's my opinion you might disagree it's fine i'm not complaining at the end of the day i loved it it was awesome it was great experience the experience itself was worth all the kinks no event like this is probably going to go off entirely without a hitch so there's always going to be issues that people aren't going to like for sure (laughs) nothing you can do about that um but overall loved it right walked in and you just see the rank and it's like wow what was your favorite experience looking back on last night honestly just a game getting able to watch a game outside is just awesome right I it's mean, completely different than being inside pnc arena oh yeah for sure there is nothing that's not you know it's just it's so different yes definitely um to me what probably one of my best moments during the outdoor game was um them singing the national anthem fireworks you had the fireworks going up and then you had 
the props and the planes going over. I thought that was just so cool to me. That was my my favorite experience, but watching the game, boy, that was so much fun. And we had to uh, we had to be sitting very close to each other, obviously, uh, but it was really fun on those bleachers watching that game. It, it, it really was. It, it's something like if you have not been to an outdoor game, it's something you need to experience. And we finally got to experience that. And to me, it showed just this whole weekend fan fest, the outdoor game. It, it's really shown how much hockey has grown here in the triangle. Um, I'm really happy with the growth of, the sport, not just the team. Because you wouldn't be having all of this. And, I mean, you, you do have a governor in Roy Cooper that does love the Canes. I think that helps as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, just having everybody together, just just for the Hurricanes and hockey and the triangle itself, it, it really does show how much it's grown. I'm really happy that it has grown because I remember five years ago when we were still Canes fans, Sam, I mean, hockey wasn't really marketable nope. in the States, nope. and it's gone It's gone a long way. I'm really happy overall. Oh, for sure. The What you got in this game, what you got here, you know, it was well-earned. Well deserved and well fought for. Yes, it was. So let's get to the actual game itself. I'm sure you guys are probably here wanting to hear that. So KK, he scores from Teravine and Anetris. And KK, uh, he was able to skate in front of the goalie with a pass from Teravine. And he was kind of able to tip it in. That was a very, very great goal. And honestly, um, one thing I do want to talk about with this outdoor game is I thought that KK line was the best line that game. KK, Teravine, and Natchez, they combined for, I believe, seven points last night. Yeah, seven points. And that's, that's just amazing. Um what that line did last night. And, and, and it gives me hope because you have the Ajo line shining during the Cam Ward game yep. and KK's line shining during the outdoor game. So second period, we get to Stastny from Chatfield and Martin Nook. That was another great goal. I thought that was a hardworking goal. Yeah, Chatfield putting on a bomb of a shot yep. on their goalie and Stastny was able to get the rebound and score. That's what we love to see. Yes, I, I know you're a big fan of Stasny. He was able to get his 10th goal as a Hurricane. Love Stasny. And then you have Natchez scoring from Burns and KK. That was an, that was actually on the power play, which was good. I actually thought the power play um, last night was actually pretty good overall. Um, I thought the first power play was, um, to me, a trash, basically. But after the first... That I thought the other power plays had its moments, and obviously Natchez was able to bury on a one timer from Burns to score. Yep, just a great goal. And then, Arnold Etchkin's office too. 
Yeah, from yeah, from Ovechkin's office. And I you could just tell every time they scored that goal because um I looked at the recap of it when we got back. Everybody had such a great time. You can tell they loved playing during that outdoor game. And it was funny because when they came out to PNC Arena to go to Carter Finley, they were wearing, what, Scottish uniforms? Which yeah, I thought was so golf, funny. Like golf uniforms is what they were because they were carrying golf clubs and stuff, which was also the theme for the surge, which was pretty cool. Yes, that was that was just really funny. And then Terravine, and to me, this was, to me, the best really good flashy goal. You get a pass from Anderson to Natchez. It's a two-on-one. Natchez passes it to Teravainen. Teravainen passes it to Natchez. Natchez passes it to Teravainen. He scores. Oh my gosh! And Teravainen, he played. I thought he played very well. Yeah. No, no, no. Teravainen's played good the last few games, which I think is important. This is the kind of Tavo. Again, if you don't move him, this is the Tavo you need. Yes, because I do believe out of every player on that team, when Teravainen is playing well, I think he's the best passer on yes. that team. Yes. For sure, for sure. And he got a goal much deserved, and then he who shall not be named scored for Washington. Yeah, time. it's that Tom Wilson. And um, I actually forgot to put this in our show notes, but there was a fight between Martinook yeah. and Mantha. <laughs> Martinook didn't win, but I'll give him an A for effort. <laughs> so, Well, um, okay, size was against him because Martinook, he's a bit of a small dude. Yeah, but I don't blame him for fighting. It was a cheap shot to the back of the head. So, yeah, I'm oh, it was too. Hit me in the back like that. I, I honestly was surprised he didn't, didn't get ejected because I, I think there was also a sleuth foot in there along with a cross check to the head. Like, I literally saw it was to the head. Yeah. And for I sure. didn't understand why. At the end of the day, he went for, you know, he went to the box. We got a power play. But, you know, at the end, of the, it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, it was good to see Martin. You know, that's what you want to see from this team, though. Because we don't have a lot of guys who are going to do that. But you want it, right? You want players who are willing to stand up for them, for their team. Yes, definitely. Um, and, I mean, I think we all wanted Anderson to get the shutout. That didn't happen. No. But that's okay. We, we won. won we won the game. That is the most important thing. And Anderson had a good night. Yes, they did. A very, very great night. Um, another thing, too, I'm going to go back to the experience side of it, um, is it was hard. I mean, other than Wade, because Wade, he's he's very good, very talented. I think he's one of the best PA announcers in the league. Um, it, was, it was a little bit hard to hear um, down there, I thought, because we were up in the upper portion of the stadium. And it was a little bit hard to hear. Were you having some time hearing? Yeah. I was going down there. The PA system wasn't very good, but that is what it is. I mean, it's a, it's a college stadium. Like I said, I think at the end of the day, it would have been best served to have it in, um, have it at uh, bank of America. But that, that's just, again, that's just my opinion. And, um, I'm not complaining again. I loved it. I would go again. I would do it all again, even if they changed nothing. Cause it was fun. Oh, so yeah. it was, um, but I think bank of America would have been more suited for, um, the event. Again, that's just my opinion. You can agree or disagree with that. And I would understand. Yes. And of course at the end of the game and I didn't know, um, they were going to do it, but they did, they did a handshake line, um, which 
Um, I mean, that's I, I think that's a classic move for both teams. Yep. And, of course, you have the Storm Surge, which they got creative this time. They didn't all go to the boards and banged on it. So they actually uh, used their sticks to uh, kind of – Kind of just shoot at their gloves, I believe. It was so funny. I loved it. Loved every, every minute of that. Just, w- w- what a great weekend. Oh, absolutely. They're very awesome. emotional. Yep. But very, very good. And, uh, yeah, you have any final thoughts? I think we Sam? have an announcement to make, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. So, we do have an announcement. I did get approval from this. We had the opportunity of joining the Hockey Podcast Network, and uh, we agreed on joining them. So we have, so we're going to be joining them at least for the next year, and I am really looking forward to it, Sam. Yeah, it's going to be really fun, uh, which is why you'll hear a sponsorship read off. Um, but. We are very excited. We think this is good. Um, but it's awesome. It kind of brings us into a position where we'll be able to make some more connections, bring more content for y'all, and improve what we have. So we're very excited. So um, we, we might be able to get new guests from FanFest. I remember you asked yeah, a we're, particular person. We asked some people. We'll see what happens. We're not going to give any kind of anything away, but we're going to make things No, we're not. We're going we're gonna to do our best to make things happen, right? So we're looking forward to it for sure and um thank you to the hockey podcast network for uh reaching out and making this happen so yes thank you guys so much um another thing too i think we're coming close maybe on another giveaway yes we are keep an eye out this week it'll be posted on twitter you'll know what to do we always post instructions so just look watch pay attention yes Again, what a great weekend uh, we had. We hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.